Kitch. Deno. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. You did not hear response. They've both been put on borderline Raptors administrative leave for various reasons. One, primarily because they're just not good humans. But uh, other than that, uh, no, Kitch is, uh, he's on some sort of 27-day uh, boondoggle COVID fest in, in uh, Arizona and Vegas. So he started that little journey. Uh, and Deno is corralling um, uh, babies, children at, at uh, birthday parties today. So they're out. But that's even, that's even better for our listeners because coming back to the show, one young Aaron Rose from Sports Illustrated. Aaron, welcome back. Thank you for having me back. Uh, can I just tell you that still to this day, and I mean, this is, I'm not making this up. People still talk about your what drives you crazy, how, how awesome, how, how you hit it out of the park uh, last time. So no pressure this time to do it, but we'll see if we can, if you can recapture the magic. I will try. I have been thinking of a few answers, although I'm not sure I have a performance as well as last time. Well, you say, you, yeah, but you were, you were skeptical coming into it the first time. So I think you're, I think you'll be all right. Um, so now listen, we were just talking before we came on, you are obviously knee deep into Rap- Raptors coverage. Uh, you were just telling me, how you uh, were in Vegas. You started the start of the season in Vegas with the, uh, with the youngsters. Uh, and now you're back in uh, calling the shots in the regular season. So uh, quickly, why don't you just give us a little recap of, you know, from the preseason to now, uh, how you, what you're thinking, how you're feeling. This is a, a really fun Raptors team, probably an annoying Raptors team to play against. I feel like last year, even before the COVID stuff all went sideways uh, for the team, there were sort of like not a lot of storylines going on. We sort of had a feeling that this team was like a middle of the pack team that was probably going to lose in the first round of the playoffs or second round of the playoffs. And, you know, we'd see what happened in the, in the off season this year though, this team is just like fun to watch. They're not going to be a great team by any means, but watching the young guys develop um, is just an enjoyable experience that I think Raptors fans probably haven't had for a few years now, dating back to sort of the early DeMar years. So it's a different experience for Raptors fans, but I think it's a, it's a lot of fun. It's, it's a fun team sort of trying new things and, and I've enjoyed it so far. Yeah. I mean, we've talked about that uh, on a number of uh, previous pods around the type of team they're going to be. That might be frustrating some nights because I still don't think they can shoot it consistently enough to um you know i know they're on a four game streak right now but i don't know that we have enough natural shooting uh to get us through some of these these dead spots uh throughout games but that being said defensively uh the average age the youth of the team yeah i mean they're going to be a fun easy team to cheer for which uh i have not always had an easy time cheering for my favorite teams in the past because i'm I, I tend to sometimes be glass i know you can find this hard to believe uh mike in particular but i can sometimes be half glass empty on some of this stuff. So, uh, so yeah, I'm having, I can't be half glass empty with this group uh, because they are, I mean, yeah, so far so good. And obviously the win uh, let's, let's take two seconds and talk about that win the other night in Madison square garden without uh, Siakam and Barnes. Uh, I mean, what'd you think? I thought, I, I thought that was an incredible win. And I want to talk about Gary Trent in a second. Well, and against one of the hottest teams and best teams in the NBA who, I was ready to call them dead when they fell down 15 points in the second quarter. Uh, The Knicks weren't missing three-point shots. It it looked like it was going to be ugly, and the Raptors, on the other side, couldn't hit three-point shots. As you mentioned, they've struggled with their shooting this season, and then all of a sudden, OG sort of took over. Uh, Gary Trent Jr. took over. The defense sort of cracked down, and the offense began heating up, and I think the number that jumped out to me, and I asked Nick Nurse about it, was the Raptors outshot the Knicks, I believe, by 23 shot attempts. And we know the Raptors aren't going to necessarily 
shoot efficiently from the floor. But if you're getting up that many more shots than the other team, you don't have to be an efficient team because you're just getting more attempts and more of them will sink. Uh, Nick earlier last week was talking about how he wants to get up five more shot attempts per game than the opposition. And if you do that, the analytics say you got a really good chance of winning the game. Well, if you're going to take 23 more shots than the other team, I don't know. That's, that's like a guarantee win. So that's just forcing turnovers, getting offensive rebounds. And we've seen that from this team this year. They're really good at those two things. And that's part of what makes them a really fun team to watch. Well, I agree. I read the same thing where Nick was talking about that, that plus five on shot attempts. And I mean, kind of, that seems too simple. Um, but I guess, I mean, uh, obviously it's true. And yeah, plus 23, I didn't realize it was plus 23 the other night, but you knew, I mean, when you think about, but when you think of make, makeup of this team, I mean, Barnes should be able to offensive rebound Ken Birch, who we're also going to talk about when we get to our grading system here. Uh, I mean, I've seen more defensive box outs from Ken Birch uh, in the last three games than I have. I think I saw all the entire last season. We could not defensively rebound last season. So that is, uh, that is a pleasant surprise. And then obviously, um, you know, the, I would say the biggest surprise so far, and well, I shouldn't say the biggest surprise, uh, but somebody who's really flipped the switch uh, is our is our guy. And just I mean, I'm telling you, it's it's. I think I lit him up because three podcasts ago, I was moaning about not having Norm Powell uh, on the squad. I didn't understand why we didn't have him because I don't think Gary got off. But since then, I mean, Gary Trent has played. If he plays like this, it's a bit of a game changer for us. Yeah, and, and I was on the Norman. Tr- Powell uh, bandwagon, if you will, when that trade happened, I was not a fan of that trade. Um, and Gary has really improved his defense. I, I thought, and I still think that he's not the offensive player that Norman Powell um, is or, or was, but defensively, I thought he couldn't play as well as he has lately. And he's suddenly turned it around. He's uh, one of the best peskiest hands in the league. He's, he's right up there with Fred Van Vliet in deflections and steals. And, and what he's done this season is, is really a game changer for, for, for this Raptors team that wants to be such a disruptive defensive group. Aaron, do you have an older brother? Younger brother. See, I think you, I feel like I'm your older brother. We like, we agree on so many things. I hated that trade. I was ready uh, and then again, early in the season, I was just sitting there going, I don't understand for an extra 6 million bucks why we don't have more in Powell. But I, you know, again, this is probably why I'm running a podcast in my backyard uh, and Messiah's uh, calling the shots. So um, yeah, I mean, the other thing that is, I think it, with Gary has changed a little bit in the last three or four games, his shot selection seems to be significantly altered. And what I mean by that is if you looked at the preseason and maybe in the first couple of games, I mean, he used to be that... Uh, I, listener Brock, who I talked to quite a bit about this stuff. He was just a black hole. I mean, he, he touched it and it was almost like that was it. Now he's moving the ball a little better. He's shot faking, uh, taking the mid range jumper, not selling for the three. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know what happened. I I'm assuming, uh, you know, nurse has, has said something to him or is they're coaching him in a particular way, because this seems like a very different Gary, uh, than what we had, you know, as he as recent as three weeks ago. Well, he's he's a tough shot taker and and a tough shot maker, and sometimes that's not what you want to see out of someone who's not Kawhi Leonard, who is also of that type, who would just get to his spot and and take that shot. And Gary's obviously not on that level, um, but he's a guy that you're like, no, 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 don't take that difficult step back, one hop, whatever shot, fake pump, yeah. fake shot that he takes in the mid range, and then it goes in, and you're like, oh, well, good job, okay. yeah, um, Gary. Yeah, <laughs> those numbers. I think the Raptors still probably want to see him play a little bit more catch and shoot and more in the, the facilitate the offense a little more than those difficult mid range shots that he takes. His numbers are still not great. Although that might have more to do with the earlier in the season, Yeah, but 
um, his offense when it's on as, as he's a tough shot taker. And when it goes in, it, it's pretty cool to watch and pretty fun when you, when you couple it with the defensive difference making he's uh, he's had for this team so far. Well, And then I think when you, as we start to uh, look forward to Pascal coming back, which is in a couple of weeks, apparently I read that today um, and someone else's Twitter feed. I won't, I won't mention it. Don't, it's, don't worry about it. You can't be everywhere, Aaron. Um, but I think Gary then moves probably to the bench. And I think if he's playing at this level, that's a, that's a great six man weapon, right? You can play a little D score bunches. I mean, that's, that's what you, that's the dream for a six man. As long as you have someone who's can get him the ball. And I guess that would be my concern with that second unit right now is Delano skilled enough or is Malachi Flynn, who we saw the other night play a little bit is, is he skilled enough to sort of facilitate the way that, fred can or that scotty barnes can with the starting unit I, i'm a little bit concerned about moving gary to that second unit because he struggled at the start of the season on that second unit because the spacing's a little bit different defenses can key on him more because there aren't other prolific scores and there's nobody to facilitate the offense as well uh, that being said the raptors do have a, a big question to ask when pascal siakam comes back because it's it's probably gary trent jr or Scotty Barnes. And with the way that Scotty was playing before his injury, he's, he's a really tough player to take out of the starting lineup. Oh, I, yeah, I don't think, I mean, everything I read uh, from Nick in the uh, off season or the preseason was all about how he was going to, he was going to play Barnes like starters minutes. I think they're committed to him now uh, in, in that role. It has to be, it has to be Gary who moves uh, to that role. But I mean, uh, I think there's an opportunity probably to, to get him still a fair number of minutes with uh, a bit of a mix in that, with that first unit too, the way that Nick sort of rotates uh, in and out. So I think, I mean, that's where I think Nick's awesome uh, with that sort of stuff and, and keeping those guys uh, in the mix, but that second year, like, I think like the more and more we look at it, I was talking to my uh, oldest son, Bobby, but I mean, we're deep. Like all of a sudden when, when we get Pascal back there, there aren't going to be enough minutes for some guys that you would have thought uh, are going to want minutes. Like I think, the whole precious and Boucher thing is going to come to a head here where one of those two guys is not going to play. Right. Precious is, is probably going to, we might see tonight move into that backup center position. And I think Chris, who has not started the season very well and, and played you know really well last season, but has not continued that over into this season. we know he had a finger injury in the preseason that sort of cost him his, his entire preseason, but he hasn't looked the same to start this season. And with Pascal Siakam coming back eventually and Utah Watanabe coming back, those minutes for, for Chris Boucher could evaporate pretty quickly if he doesn't get things turned around now. And you're, you were talking about that depth and Utah um, is another player who, who fits in that mix. The Raptors have Svima Hailuk, who's another one. And, and you're starting to run nine, 10 or 11 deep, which is good. Although in the NBA, we know it really comes down to that top unit. If you want to go places, the Raptors have had sort of these depth bench mob groups in the past and True. they haven't been able to get over the top. Now we're not talking in those same sort of that same sort of group of this isn't a championship team. So depth isn't necessarily a bad thing in the regular season. Um, but the Raptors are eventually going to have to get someone who's a superstar. All right. Listen, you keep referring to us not being uh, that good, even though I'm with you. Like I'm listen, from big brother, little brother. I get it. Uh, however, I must admit I've changed a little. Like I think, and I like, obviously eight games in, but I think the ceiling's a little bit higher for this team. Like if you, if, what's their, in your opinion, what's their ceiling? Well, like I'm not saying they're a bad team. I'm just not no, saying I, they're they're not like uh, the Nets or the Bucks or the Heat. Probably, 
the Celtics have blown up a little bit and they're having their own issues right now, but they're in that sort of middle grouping in the Eastern conference that they're not as bad as they were last year. And I know I would take them over the, the 36 and a half win total. I think they had coming into the season at this point. We did, but we definitely did Aaron. We very much did. So they're going to be about 500 and in, in, in the middle of the Eastern conference and maybe with the right matchup, they, they advance out of the first round, although I'd still oh, okay. probably be skeptical of that, but oh. they're not, they're not a championship <laughs> team, I guess is what I'm saying. No, no. I, and I think we all agree with that, but okay. At least you're like, so, and I should give context. Like when we started talking at the beginning of the season, we were like, are they a play in team? Like we went through the teams in the Eastern conference. You're like, okay, well that team's better. That team's better. That team's better. And all of a sudden now I'm starting to think, well, when you get Pascal back, if Scotty continues to develop and if my guy Delano keeps I love him. We're gonna talk about him in a minute. We go through the grades, but uh, you know, they, yeah, like I'm now convinced they're definitely somewhere in the six seed zone, maybe six, seven seed. Um, and that's way higher than I thought their ceiling was three weeks ago. Right. And, and it's funny a few days ago uh, when the Raptors were back home before this run, I, I can take you behind the scenes and we were in the Raptors media room and we were looking over mock drafts. So things change in a hurry in the NBA, the Raptors, that, that opening night blowout loss. I think I pulled up the, the mock draft, the athletic had just run. And I was like, Oh, who's this guy, Chet Holmgren and whatever, Paolo, these guys that I'm sure I'll learn about in a few months from now, but you go on a three game winning streak and all of a sudden you're like, Oh, well, where is this team in the, in the play in picture? Now you, you were mentioning sort of six, seven, eight seeds. So that's still sort of the play in picture. It's not that, that high compared to where the Raptors have been in the past, but they're, we probably don't need to look at mock drafts quite yet. Right? Yeah. And Raptors fans shouldn't be doing that yet, which they might have been a few days ago. Yeah, which is, yeah, oh God, that's great. Well, yeah, you know what? They still might be two weeks from now. Who knows what happens, right? But I, I know what you're saying. Um, all right, listen. Can you believe, I'm sorry, can you believe the Raps, they got a D plus. That was their grade on either CBS or ESPN. That was their, their draft from this year. Their grade was a D plus. I'd love to go back and do that. They should go back and redo that right now. Uh, all right, listen, let's get into uh, last time you were on. I don't know how we did it, but we got into some quasi grading system and which went completely off the rails as far as our, <laughs> what a grade meant. Uh, so we'll try and we'll try and tighten that up this time, but we're going to go through, we're going to be quick, uh, which I'm known for Mike being quick in my answers. Um, and so you can be, it, it'd be hot takes if you want. So we're going to, but we're starting at the top. Masai Ujiri, go. I'm, are we doing letter grades? See, here we go again. It's the same problem we had last time. Uh, yeah, you know, you, I, you know, I'm going to follow your lead. You do whatever you want. I will follow your lead. So I made some notes oh, about we go. Where, where, what grades I would give everyone and, and for what reason. So I'm can starting just, out. While you say that, can I just interrupt for one second? The fact that you did a little bit of research and made some notes, you're now, you've done more work than any of my co-hosts have ever done. So here you go. Listen, this might be, this might be a weekly thing for you, just so you know. Get ready. <laughs> So I was looking at Masai and I was thinking he's probably in sort of the A, A minus range. The, he gets an A plus for drafting Scotty Barnes over Jalen Suggs. And that's no slight to Jalen Suggs, but Scotty Barnes has looked phenomenal so far. And I think everyone sort of thought they would go the other way. And then you mentioned Delano Benton, who is probably the steal of the second round right now. So the Raptors might've had the best draft of anyone so far. So that's a huge plus for him. The, the negative is right now the Kyle Lowry trade. We know Kyle Lowry had to leave. He was going to Miami regardless, but Precious has just been so-so recently, maybe worse than so-so, and Goran Dragic has lost his spot in the rotation, so that doesn't look good. So maybe those are the reasons for the step down. I will say he fought Edward Rogers in the offseason and won, 
And if you do that, you get an A plus. Oh, there you go. Yeah, that's, you know what? Uh, why don't you quickly give a little backdrop on that story? Because I bet you a lot of people, I just read about that the other day. So according to Doug Smith of the Toronto Star, there was a story that Edward Rogers, who is part of the Rogers family, uh, the telecommunication company, was among the, the Raptors MLSE board, along with Bell and Larry Tannenbaum. And Larry Tannenbaum and Bell were ready to pay Masai Ujiri basically whatever he wanted and give him free reigns to have him back. As we know, he was a free agent this off summer or this off season. And Edward Rogers was sort of like, and I think literally told Masai Ujiri, you're not worth it. I don't think you're worth whatever it was, $15 million a year. And he was getting offers of equity and other NBA franchises. There was apparently a, a premier league team over in England, a soccer team that wanted Masai Ujiri to be, I guess, their president or whatever. And, and Edward Rogers said, like, you're not really worth it. We'll hand over the reins to Bobby Webster. And this is no slight of Bobby Webster, who is, you know, a young, great, a great yeah. young mind. But we know how much Masai Ujiri means to the Raptors organization and the city of Toronto at, at, in general. So um, Edward Rogers was overruled by Larry Tannenbaum and Masai Ujiri stuck around. But uh, if, if you get in a fight with Rogers, who I would think is probably one of the biggest names wealthiest families in, in this country the most powerful people and you win you get an a plus in my books well and you know what i think after reading that article i think he kind of also comes off as one of the biggest jackasses in the country too uh roger so uh yeah so listen um i mean i wanted Masai back uh i'm not a huge Masai guy i don't and i can't you know what i i can't even put my finger on it why i'm not but i know he what he means and we got to have him that sort of thing so i also give him an Nine out of ten. Oh wait, no, we're doing we're doing letters. Uh, I give him an A, uh, and I would go to an A plus, but I think it is dependent on what happens with with uh, Dragic because I think he's a chip. I don't think I love the fact that Nurse gave him three games, and then you know we've been talking about it here. Dragic just looks disinterested, right? He just looks disinterested. Does not give off the uh, uh, vibe that he's loving the uh, the whole situation in Toronto. So I love that we got rid of that right away and went right to Banton. Like that's, that's the best long-term thing. But then I do think we're going to get something for, for Dragic. Like he is still going to be a valuable uh, trade chip somewhere down the road. Probably. I mean, everyone's talking about Dallas. Um, if we get a first rounder for Dragic, should that change your mind? I, I, I'm looking more in the buyout market. So you're a little bit more optimistic with uh, Dragic than I am. I, I don't know what you get for players who are literally out of the rotation. So uh, the Raptors have this, this tax, luxury tax crunch right now, and they have to figure it out. They have until Saturday uh, to make a decision on Isaac Bonga and Sam Decker, which might tell us what they feel of how they feel about uh, the trade possibilities of Dragic. But I'm not looking at a first round well, pick. I'm looking uh, at maybe a, a bench player and a, and a second round pick, if that. Aaron, have you ever heard the expression "one man's trash is another man's treasure"? I uh, have this heard is a, that. Yeah, I, I'm exactly. not sure Dallas feels that way, though. Well, I'm, listen, I'm just saying that's all I'm saying. I'm just preserving judgment. All right, listen, we got to move on. Uh, uh, Nick Nurse, my guy, Nick Nurse. I, I'd give him an A. I can't think of any really big mistakes he's made this year. I thought Monday's win, the one he had the other night where he just rode his guys in the third quarter. He didn't make a single substitution. That was a phenomenal Nick Nurse win, and he was calling timeouts at all the right times. Um, he might be riding his guys a little too much, which is a question we might have later on in the season, which is why I probably won't – or I didn't give him an A+. Uh, you mentioned the switch from uh, Dragic to Banton, which – 
you know, happened after just three games. Uh, the question I guess I will have, which might change this from an A to an A minus is what the starting lineup looks like Wednesday night uh, against the Wizards. And if Precious Achua is in the starting lineup over Cam Birch, I'd have some questions. That being said, I think everyone likes to talk about the starting lineup and the starting lineup doesn't mean that much, especially when you consider that Ken Birch started the third quarter and has played more minutes than Precious the last two games. So as long as Kem is playing more minutes, I don't care so much about the starting lineup, but to me, Kem should be starting. Well, let me, listen, that's a great segue. Uh, let me go into my, uh, my crack research staff, which was my 16 year old son. He threw this at me the other night after the game. He's like with Birch on the floor, the last three games, Raptors plus 41 in 83 minutes with Precious on the floor, minus 20 in the last 55 minutes. So clearly the numbers are pointing in the Birch direction, but it wouldn't shock me if nurse uh, leaves that alone for a minute and just, you know, starts doing precious like that 16 minutes a game, but still starts. I'm like, that wouldn't shock me, but I agree. Listen, nurse for me is an a, he would be an a plus and Aaron, if you heard me rant the other week uh, it's only because he just still does not understand the challenge. If he ever, uses challenges properly. I will give him an A plus. I love Nick. He's, I think he's an awesome coach, but the challenge clearly confounds him. So all right, now he's what I will say is having sat behind the Raptors bench, I can tell you, Nick turns around all the time and I'm not, I'm, this is going to sound like I'm putting someone on blast and he turns around and he looks to the video guy and the video guy doesn't necessarily have answers for him right away. And you can tell Nick is a little upset with the video guy. So yeah, you can. I I'm saw not sure night. how much of it is Nick versus how much of it is the video guy not giving answers fast enough or, right, or the listen, right answers. Aaron, listen to me. All right, here's the issue. If it's the second fucking quarter, Nick, you're not challenging anything. That's it. Just there's it's no challenge. It has to be three minutes left in the fourth quarter in a tight game. That's when you challenge. It's my very much the mindset. If you challenge any time before it means something, who gives a shit? Why am I challenging a put back dunk in the second quarter? Why? Because that put back gunk might mean something in a you know one possession game later. All right, we're no longer brothers. We're done here. Okay, uh, let's move on. Uh, let's go, Freddie. I would give Fred. I'm sort of all over the place on him because yeah, me too. I'm grading all these guys on a bit of a, their own scale, right? And I think Fred has been. I looked up what an average grade is, and apparently an average grade is a B. And yes. I would say. When you take over, he's had some, you know, really high games recently, but he's had some pretty low games to start the season. He wasn't shooting very well to start the season. So when you take the highs and you take the lows, it averages out to probably an average performance to start the season for Fred Van Vliet, who's, who's very good, as we all know. So I think I'm giving him a B. Well, listen, I'm, if you're a child in my house, I'm well-versed in, in the B uh, mark grading system. So yeah, um, listen, I'm a little bit harder i'm a, i'm in like that c plus b minus zone and i'll tell you why now and i love fred um he's got to shoot it better right he just has to shoot it better and we talked about this, we talked about this, but he just doesn't finish at the rim often enough and i wonder why are we why is he continuing to take it to the rim as often as he does like he, he does not finish i'd love to know his stats on, on where he is on on finishing at the rim but it's got to be bottom of the league for starting guards uh but what i have liked in the last couple of games and c plus that's harsh b, i'm gonna b minus i'm gonna go b minus um uh, he's starting to develop that little elbow jumper. And if he sticks with that, I think that's genius, right? He was, he was taking nine games, a three or nine games, nine threes a game uh, at one stage uh, late last season. And that's just too many for him. I love a little bit more diversity in his game. If he starts to develop that mid range jumper and then I'll give him a little bit of a break too. Cause I think this whole no Kyle, he's kind of running the show. He's got, a, he's got this 
freak of nature, Scotty Barnes, and uh, in trying to figure that out. So, so I think there's been a lot thrown at him. Uh, and he's showing signs of sort of coming out of it. And he was awesome. He was awesome uh, the other night, knocked down some big threes too. So uh, I'm B minus on Freddie, but I think there's, I think he's going to be well into the A minus zone by midseason. The next time you come back on, he'll be, he'll be an A minus. Um, go ahead. You want to say something? No, no, no. Go for it. Who's, who's uh, next? Let's go. Well, it's Steve Precious. We said we're going to need the starters. I think we already, I think we already know where you're going with this. Well, you, uh, you mentioned guys who aren't very good at finishing at the rim. So precious yeah. is, is one of is, is the worst in the league of guys who are taking at least five attempts um, at the rim so far this season. He's, and, and that's, that's really concerning when we're talking about a center, uh, a six a foot, yeah. eight, six foot nine guy. So he's pretty disappointing recently. Um, you can say, it. Would, go ahead. You can say it. I would probably give him like a, a C minus. Yeah, that's that's it. Like I agree. You know, he started off actually kind of okay. Like you thought, oh, this is where there's, and he had a good preseason. I thought, but yeah, his last few games, and then God, my Nick had a short short leash on him the other night because he took nine shots in 17 minutes. He was one for nine, but it wasn't even the nine the total. It was some of the selections. It was like, what are you chucking up there? He was so good in the preseason with going, grabbing the rebound and going end to end and yes. doing his own thing. And Nick was like, I want more of that. I want more of that. And now that we're seeing it in the regular season, when defenses sort of care a little bit more, he's, he's doing it a little bit too much. And sometimes he's doing it against really good shot blockers like Mitchell Robinson, and it's just going nowhere. And then he gets frustrated and then he d- tries to, to force the action and do something like that again. And it's, it's, it hasn't gone well so far. No, and now I feel like he's looking over his shoulder too. So I think confidence is a bit of an issue for him too. Uh, all right, OG. OG, I think I would give OG sort of a B plus and, okay. and we're grading him again on the OGN and OB scale, which is pretty high. He, he, the first two games of the season weren't great, weren't very good for him, but I think he settled in really well. Obviously he had that career night the other night, maybe a B plus is a little low, maybe an A minus, but I don't want to be, I don't want to be giving everyone A's here no, uh, for a team that's, you know, good, but not great. Um, but when you look at how he's played recently with his offense, taking a step forward, and then we know his defense is, is fantastic. Um, I'd probably give him a, a B plus a minus. See, yeah, I think you're being too kind to him. And now, listen, the denim is going to be all over me about this. He has, he's settled in. I think part of the problem is he, there were a lot of people in national media uh, in the US and Canada talking him up like a breakout season. I mean, he looks great. He came, obviously, came in, in great shape, uh, had a decent preseason. So I think the expectations, maybe uh, eight games is what's got him down. He's a B for me because I don't think he's rebounding enough. Um, I think he's at like four rebounds a game at the moment. Uh, Starting to shoot, he didn't shoot it very well the first two games, like you said. Starting to shoot a little bit better, playing. But so yeah, I think there's just, I think there's tons of room for him to go. But I'm a, I'm a solid B on OG, and Denno that does not mean I don't like him. I'm an OG 5. fan. Six OG rebounds fan. for OG this year so far. Five point six. Five point six. I'm gonna, I'll, I'll fact check that. I'll fact check. Uh, all right, what's uh, Gary, our boy Gary? I'd give Gary probably an A minus. I think his yeah. defense, as we talked about, is an A plus. His his offense, uh, we talked about his shot selection, and, and it's good but not great. I did a little research before, and oh, he's shooting thirty seven and a half percent, thirty seven and a half percent, twelve for thirty two on two pointers outside of ten feet from the rim. So that's sort of a deep mid range shot, and he's shooting thirty seven and a half. He should not be shooting those numbers. And frankly, he probably shouldn't be taking that many of those shots. Yeah. So that's sort of the superstar range, the long two. 
and, and to be shooting that poorly is is concerning and, and not something the Raptors want to see from from him. They want him sort of more behind the arc and shooting catch and shoot threes and maybe creating a little bit, but you can't complain too much with his offense when you see what he's doing on the defensive end and where he's taken such a huge step forward this season. Yeah. Listen, a for me, like just because, and this is again, expectations, right? You saw him in the preseason. You didn't, I was worried about what he was going to actually contribute. I was calling for Norm to come back. Uh, and all of a sudden now he's I'm something has flipped as far as his defense is going. I think it's leading to better offense for him too. So yeah, I'm a huge, I'm, I'm, I'm high on Gary. Very high on Gary. A, a for me. A for me. Uh, is that, what does that leave us with uh, Scotty? Can it, can it be anything other than an A plus? I guess maybe, maybe it's an A because he's injured right now, but yeah, he's an it's A plus an, through the first. It's an A 10 plus. A 10 plus for Scotty. What he's, what he's been doing over the, the first, his seven, first seven games of his career is, is stuff. There's only nine guys, including him, who have ever done it before. The other eight are all all stars, and four of them Shaq, Hakeem, Ralph Sampson, and David Robinson are all. NBA Hall of Famer. So for him to be putting up numbers like that, Blake Griffin and Ben Simmons are also in that in that grouping. So he's putting up numbers that are on track to be an NBA All-Star and potential future Hall of Famer. Uh, listen, if on draft night, Kitch and I did a, a pod, a live pod on draft night, and the the balloon popped immediately when they said when they when they said the balloon popped in, in our room. Uh, so we were not. And that's just because we were ignorant and didn't really know anything about him. But I mean, if you look at his numbers in Florida State, right? He didn't even average. He didn't average uh, 13 points in, uh, in Florida State. I know he's averaging more than that now. I'm saying like he didn't do much uh, as far as scoring, and you weren't sure what uh, he was capable of. And 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 the whole thing about uh, coming out of college too is that his shot. Now I think his shot still is a work in progress. But what I'll give him a ton of credit, and I'm assuming this is part of Nurse's uh, coaching as well, is that. Here's a kid that will take one three-pointer, maybe two in a game, and he understands that's not his game. So he's he's and he's taking it within the flow of the offense. So I'm totally okay with that. If he ever knocks down or develops that three-point shot, I mean, sky's the limit for him. Uh, but yeah, his mid-range game has been a huge surprise, right? Offensive rebounding and his defense. I mean, they talked about him being able to guard one through five. Uh, that was sort of, you know sort of the uh, the pre-draft and during the draft. They talk, I mean, but it's true. I mean, is there anybody on the floor that he can't really guard in a meaningful way? Now, I don't think I'd want him against uh, Gobert for 36 minutes. Uh, but, I mean, the point is he could he could handle them if he had to for four or five possessions of the game. Where, and then he's, you know, he's got guards and he's playing the perimeter. Um, the, only, the only thing that worries me a little bit about him, I shouldn't say worry, worry is not the right, but just some, I've noticed in a few games, right, like effort is not, every time down the floor, like, like I, I'm, I'm old school. A rookie should be sprinting back. I mean, everyone should be sprinting back, but a rookie should be sprinting back after uh, every play. Right. And just a couple of times, listen, I'm nitpicking here. Cause I think he's awesome. And I think he's just, you know, it's worked out great for us. So he's definitely an A plus for me. Uh, and I think, you know, it's steal the draft for sure. You know what? I'm, I'm almost like a, what drives you crazy. I was doing, uh, I was doing a little research and I was looking up uh, draft, um, you know, to this point, where would you rate the current, the rookies? Can you believe CBS sports had him a three? They had uh what's his face from uh, Houston, who, by the way, just takes 40 shots a game because he can. And yeah, I think green, yeah. I, I think he's good. The green's good, but I mean, how can you compare? Uh, and that's all he's doing. And then they had Mobley who I've seen him play a little bit. I think Mobley's the real deal too, but if you just look at pure stats and on the offensive defensive end, I mean, it's Scotty Barnes has to be number one. Has to be. He, 
Yeah, I haven't seen enough Mobley. I know the Raptors have that uh, Cavs game coming up. But when you look at the points he's putting up and the expectations he had as as not being an offensive producer, he's defied everyone's expectations. So uh, the the only other person who could be the steal of the draft is uh, is Delano Banton. I listen. I agree. You know, and, and no one even knows who he, like no one even understands what we have here yet with him. Like around as far as outside of Toronto, it. I I keep saying. Can you imagine three years from now and Banton and Barnes are starting? I mean, that's going to be a t- those are going to be tough matchups, and defensively they're going to be. I mean, I I love Banton. He's easily my favorite Raptor. Easily, and you know what? I get a charge every time he comes in the game. Like even in the Knicks game. Yeah, you know, how many Raptors fans were there? By the way, it was a ton. Uh, and he got a little cheer when he came into the game in New York. It's awesome. Awesome. Uh, okay, uh, real quickly. Quick, let's... Real quick, real quick. Scotty Barnes has ran the ninth most miles in the league thus far. So far, he's running a lot. Listen, what, I gotta let you that, know. How is that a stat? Speed and distance on NBA.com. What, what year is it? What year is it that that's a stat? All right. Listen. Uh, I know we were going to talk about. Be- let's talk bench grade as a whole. Because we don't. Because I got to get you out of here. The bench, well, the bench has changed so much. So if, if if we're looking at this sort of bench group, which is, yes. I guess, Boucher, uh, Birch, and Banton, Correct. the last couple of games, I think as soon as they made that switch, I think that was three games ago. So they're undefeated in that group. Um, I can rattle them off quickly. I gave Banton um, an A for everything he's done this year. I gave Birch sort of a B plus. I think he's been phenomenal. You gave the stats earlier about his plus minus, but that might have something to do with how things have not been great when Precious is on the court. So uh, Birch is, you know, not blowing anyone away. I gave him a B plus, and then I gave um, Boucher an, another C minus. Um, but as Boucher's. a group, yeah, as right a group, now, now they're probably an A minus or a B plus. They've been, they've been really, really good and, and above average. I'm not going to give them an A plus or an A um, because they're still a bench unit and Boucher hasn't always looked great. Um, but that's where I'm at. See, now this is the, that's the sum of the parts argument right there see not every individual part is great but the sum of all the parts is pushing is a good grade so yeah i'm with you i i actually think yeah birch to me is not starting nba center or forward i do think he's great as a 20 to 24 minute guy that's exactly that's a dream uh the problem is we're going to need him for more than that if precious doesn't show up but then i think the whole thing is about boucher and precious it's going to come down and my guess is boucher is going to win out um it's my guess and if it does then i agree then the trade for larry but again I think we have to going back to that for a second. I mean, we could have lost, we could have got Kyle could have gone for nothing, right? We could have lost him for for absolutely nothing. So we got something, and I do think we'll parlay uh, Dragos. So who knows? But I think yeah, I'm with you. Overall bench is definitely a B plus, and I think it's only going to get better uh, once Siakam comes back. But now, last thing on this, you have any concerns about Siakam messing up the uh, chemistry when he comes back with his style? I don't think so. I think that he just is another offensive weapon, someone who can sort of dribble and shoot. I know his shooting numbers weren't very good last year, but he's someone who can sort of do everything. And I think it'll make the defense even more annoying to go up against. Um, We talked about where he's going to fit in. And I think that's something Nick Nurse will have to figure out and he'll have to tinker around with things, which might take a little while, but I'm not concerned about when you add a really good player, unless it's Rudy Gay, things shouldn't get worse. (laughs) Uh, Rudy. Uh, well, listen, I think we're about to find out uh, very, very quickly within a month of him being back. We'll find out that little come to Jesus nurse and, and him had to, to sort of repair the, the fracture that was in their relationship. We'll see if, if uh, Pascal's really bought in because yeah, I think there's going to be times where it's going to be, you, you know what? 
he might be option two in a, in a given night or even option three in some games. Right. And just is Pascal going to accept that role? We'll find out. Like, I still think Pascal's great and he should be a bonus for us, but I, I am, I am half glass empty on him. I'm a little concerned about him coming in uh, to this environment just to, and thinking if he comes in with the man attitude, I think we got problems, but who knows? Well, he, he, he taught, he did that interview where he said he wanted to be the man and maybe he probably wasn't expecting Scotty Barnes to be this good. So I don't think there will be an issue there, but there, there's a lot of guys who, who have shown that they can play, but I think he, he probably is the man on this team in terms of leadership with the exception of Fred Van Vliet. Uh, he's probably the most dynamic offensive player um, on this, in this group. Well, I'll tell you what you, but you want to be the man. Eventually you have to make a game winning shot. Like eventually you have to put that in your resume and he is yet to do that. Oh, it's like, you know what? Listen, I don't have so much time to hate on Pascal later in the season. Let's not do it. Let's not do it. Now. He hasn't played a game yet. We'll wait. We'll wait to hate on Pascal. Uh, all right. So I think we've covered where we're at. We've got the ceiling of a six seed, maybe, maybe a five. Um, anything else? Any parting uh, wisdoms, Aaron Rose wisdoms, pearls of wisdom for uh, the raps. I think I would just go back to where I started, which is this This might be an up and this will be an up and down season. They're going to lose three in a row. They're going to win three in a row. It's going to go back and forth, but it, just enjoy the ride. Enjoy watching Scotty Barnes because, and I was talking with some friends about this recently. Uh, what is it like when you watch sort of someone who's going to be special those first few years? What is it like watching a young LeBron James? What is it like watching Ooh. a young, a young uh, Giannis Tentacupo who is, very oh. different when he started. But when you're talking about what is it like watching a young superstar um, or, or, you know, oh. a future multi-time N- NBA all-star, what is it like watching that? Well, the Raptors fans might be watching something like that happen right now, aside from the injuries. Oh. But once he comes back, enjoy the season because you might be able to look back on it a few years and say, I remember when he was just doing this and he couldn't nail a three-pointer. So uh, enjoy the ride because when you get to that mountaintop that the Raptors were just at, it's fun to look back and say, I remember when they almost traded Kyle Lowry, or I remember when they traded for Kyle Lowry and, and the journey is, is sort of what makes this whole thing special. No, no pressure, Scotty. Let's hope he doesn't. I don't want Scotty. If you are a listener to this pod, do not listen, shut it, turn it off, turn off five minutes ago. Do not listen from here on in. Uh, wow. No, I listen. I agree. I don't, if, he, if he's in that category, we'd be, that'd be awesome. But yeah, I agree. Just even the first eight games or seven games watching him play is just sort of like, this is awesome. Right. So yeah, we'll see. I, I agree. I agree. All right, listen, you got to go. It's game night, but we're going to quickly, uh, you're going to leave us with our favorite segment. What drives you crazy? I have one or two, maybe. The first one is I see these things on Twitter where people come up with these apology forms where I'm supposed to apologize for Gary to Gary Trent Jr. for doubting him. I don't have to apologize. I was wrong. I didn't think he could progress defensively the way he has. I can own it, but I don't have to apologize for him for whatever okay. reason. Okay. Um, and the second one. And, well, hold and we can don't... I just, can I, let me comment on that for a sec. Can I say fuck Twitter and those people? I, it seriously drives me crazy. We talked about this before. Like the fact that these people can do it anonymously and say whatever the fuck they want and demand apologies or make these crazy comments and then there's no repercussions. This, this now we're going to wait. The world's got a problem. We've got a big problem that when society can run like this. I'm telling you, Twitter's, I'm done with Twitter. Well, except for rappers, the games nights and betting lines. That's it. That's all I'm using it for. And the second one is Aaron Rodgers. Oh, hot off the press. Hot off the press. That's it. That's it. 
All right, Aaron Rodgers. You know what? That motherfucker uh, telling everyone he was immunized, you know, that he was implying that he was vaccinated. Now it's coming out that he went to the uh, he went to the NFL and asked for special uh, favors to say, you know, I'm, I'm doing all this. Can that count? But that if I was the Green Bay Packers, I would cut him right now. I'd cut him right now. Cut him loose. I really would. That's he's he's screwing up their great season. He's leaving anyways, right? And I'd just be like, it's love time. It's love. Yeah, brutal. I agree with you. I like it. Just two words. Aaron Rodgers. That was good. Uh, all right, listen. I got one quick one. Uh, so I'm watching a game the other night with a friend of mine who was uh, staying at my place. Uh, she's clearly not a basketball fan. Clearly not a Raptors fan. So I'm sort of you know I'm I'm entertaining, but I'm also got the game on the background, and it's against Orlando. And um, she's like, "What's your problem? What's your? They're, they're going to win. Obviously, they're going to win because you know they're way up. There's a buck twenty eight left. Wraps up one ten one hundred. She's like, and she, in a very condescending tone, was like, "I think you can stop watching now. I think it's good. I think they're okay now." I'm like, "Oh, I can't." And I was literally like, "I can't believe you just said that." Two seconds later, it's one ten one oh nine, and I am like, now like, oh my god, we're going to. And then we, they, Orlando had the ball at five seconds that they could have won that game. Like Gary Trent. Our boy, Gary Trun, uh, hooked him up. But I'm just saying, you know, it drives me crazy. When you are not a sports fan and don't necessarily understand the context with which you are making condescending uh, comments about, you know what? Maybe just don't make them. Maybe just don't make them. Maybe just, maybe just back it off a bit on that. Well, so that- I can add another one, which is on that same that same okay. train of yeah. thought, which is, which is the Toronto Raptors. Because as a sports reporter who likes to write my story during the game so it's ready once the game is over, the Raptors will constantly go fall down 15, 10, 20 points at times. And I put my head down. And I start writing my loss story. And then they come all the way back and they make things interesting, like the Orlando Magic did the other day. And as a sports reporter, that is so annoying. Just if you're going to just lose, if you're going to do that. And I understand basketball is a sport where teams go on runs all the time, but the Raptors are notorious for going down 10 points and then making things interesting as, as the Magic did the other night. Yeah, I hear you. I hear you. All right, listen, uh, Aaron, uh, enjoy the game tonight. Uh, we'll have you back maybe for some mid-season grading uh, system. You know what? I can't guarantee you Kitchen Deno are going to be back with me. They may never come back after this. Uh, but if they are, you know, just I'll, 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 uh, I'll brace you well in advance of their, of their return. So that happens. But listen, Aaron, uh, quickly, shout out. Where can everyone follow you? Aaron, Ben Rose on social media, TikTok, Twitter. I'm not so active on Instagram, but if you want to follow me there too. And then find find my stuff on si.com's uh, Raptors page. Are you uh you're a TikToker? Are you not on TikTok? No, I can't. I, I you know, God, you are. You're not too my, old. You're really my little brother. Yeah, you're like much my much younger brother. Uh, yeah, I haven't figured out TikTok yet. We're trying to. Use, <laughs> I know I got to get on it. All right, all right, all right. Listen. Uh, so there you go. Everyone follow Aaron, He's, and it's awesome. Aaron uh, does a great job uh, informing you of pregame stuff, starting lineups. Uh, in-game stuff, betting lines. Even though I haven't seen as many betting lines from you this uh, this year so far, I'm gonna. I'm, you know what? I'll start feeding you some some good ones. I appreciate that. Thank you. <laughs> All right, Aaron Rose, get out of here. See ya. All right, there he is, Aaron Rose. Uh, thank again. Thank you, Aaron. You, you you bailed me out here last minute with my no uh, my no co-host uh, event. But you know what? I'll tell you what. I felt very comfortable out here in the captain's chair all by myself. It's nice, Mike. I don't know if you felt the same way, but I, I liked it. I did like it. Yeah. Uh, AOB. So I'm going to do some quick AOB. Um, Roger Goodell get paid $128 million over two years. That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. He's such a bad person and shitty at his job. I don't understand why um, 
why anyone would ever pay him that kind of money. Uh, the Lakers organization, 220, uh, 221 triple doubles as an organization, which seemed incredibly low to me. Uh, Westbrook on his own has 185. Just thought that was interesting. Uh, even though we did not do backyard gambling because those guys aren't here, but we're going to put our picks up. They'll be up on our Instagram page. We'll get those up. We'll get those to Abby. We'll put those up. Um, but how about this? Last week, a better, an anonymous better out there placed $1,000 at 125 to 1 on uh, White. Is it Mike White from uh, the Jets QB, the backup QB? I think it's Mike White. Um, Anyways, it's white. This is the last name for sure. Uh, to have the most passing yards for the week. And he did 405 yards, but 125 to one. It's unbelievable. <laughs> unbelievable. I, I can you imagine what a ballsy bet too. Wow. I didn't even, but I didn't even know that was bettable, but I'm, you know, I'm going to start looking into shit like that. Love that stuff. Uh, all right. Oh, and by the way, on that note, just one last shout out to uh listener. Uh, currently our only, oh no, not our only, like one of a few. Uh, over 60 listeners. Um, listener Danielle, let me know that uh, my last last week's drive you crazy about the uh, banks not up in their dividend. Apparently, it's imminent. She sent me a little uh, link to that. So thank you, Danielle. For, thank you for listening all the way to the end. That's a nice touch. It's a nice touch. Uh, all right. With that, Kawhi, take it away. Kawhi up top. Looks at the clock. Turns the corner for the win. Ha, 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 ha.